Why do games like that always have to happen against the Patriots? It's always the Patriots and Bill Belichick. What's up, guys? The Chargers coming off of another brutal loss, their second one in a row where nothing seemed to go right for them. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer and John Kegley. Should we be concerned about the Chargers offense? Like, how concerned? Where is the concern level at this point? Is the defense getting better? Did they do enough in this ugly game to get the Chargers to win? Special teams a mess again. We're going to get into all of that today. Let's go ahead and get into it. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. As always, we really appreciate it. And thank you for checking out our new Locked On Chargers YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to that so you can watch us on the daily. And make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, thank you so much for coming into this show because... As we know, it's tough to come in and listen to, you know, Chargers media of any sort after a game like we saw on Sunday from the Chargers. But we're here and maybe we won't make you feel totally better, but we are going to definitely break down all the different ways the Chargers lost the game on Sunday to the Patriots. We'll probably skip what went wrong tomorrow because there's obviously going to be a fair amount of that in this show and we don't want to linger on this game too long. But just an ugly game for the Chargers. I mean, the final score comes down to 27 to 24 the Chargers fall to four and three on the season which is still really good and I mean let's not forget let's keep that in perspective being four and three in a first year head coach's season you know that's not anything to be upset about but when it looks the way it did the last couple of weeks it obviously feels a lot worse and on Sunday everything went wrong I mean tip balls for interceptions you know from Justin Herbert like miscommunications leading to interceptions big time conversions getting dropped on third down so much bad went wrong for the Chargers on Sunday, and it just kind of really magnified some of the issues that we saw in the Ravens game where the Chargers are just going long stretches of time without scoring. But David, like one bad game against the Ravens, it feels like you can kind of write that off to some extent and say the Chargers will bounce back. But now it's two bad games in a row where the Chargers, even though this one was closer than the Ravens game, obviously you're just seeing them totally sputter offensively and just not coming together as a team to go get a win against a team in New England who always is on top of their stuff and aren't going to beat themselves. The Chargers seem to beat themselves on Sunday. Yeah, and it's, it's starting to be, become very concerning because you see a lot of stretches in these games where the Chargers on both sides of the ball just seem to just disappear. The, the you know they, they say and they talk about wanting to do a lot of things like being more prolific on first and second down. We see a big play that happens right away and you're like, okay, there it is. That's that's what they're trying to do. And then that never happens the rest of the game. And you're like, why, why did that go away? You know going into this game that the Chargers had to be better against the run. They had to do better. And, you know, if you look at the numbers, they, they did. But in portions of this game, the Patriots running game completely took over the pace and tempo of the game and the chargers could not do anything to stop it. So yes, there are still major issues and they're starting to cascade. They're starting to trend. And when things are starting to trend, that's very negative for your football team. The chargers have to start making some big adjustments or else this could snowball in a very bad direction. 
Yeah, you don't want it to become a full-blown avalanche, right? I mean, and that's what it could turn into. But this is going to be a great test for Brandon Staley, keeping these guys bought in, right? Because we know they all bought in. Now you have to keep them bought in after you face some adversity as a team. And I think he'll be able to do that. But there's just some really, you know, concerning trends like you were talking about. Like, one time is one thing. You keep doing it. That's just kind of who you are at a certain point. I did think that run defense was better. I did think that the defense did enough to win this game. I mean, they ended up giving up eight points on a pick six by Justin Herbert. It's hard to hold that against them because they wouldn't have been in that spot without the interception. Another three points on Herbert's first interception, the one that tipped out of Austin Eckler's hands and ends up being three points. So, I mean, the defense wasn't terrible in this game, I don't think, but the offense had so many opportunities and they just drew a blank. I mean, they started off super well, two touchdowns in their first three drives, but in between that, it was just way too big of a lull. So if you start after the Chargers' first touchdown drive and then you talk about what they did between that in the last drive, which was really a garbage time touchdown, Justin Herbert was 9 of 21 for 84 yards in those nine drives. I mean, that's just awful. Like, it just can't happen. And there's, you know, like I said, at least three, right, at least three dropped third down conversions that you can think of right off the top of your head. That's going to stall your offense. That's going to put your defense back on the field right away. That's tough. But not capitalizing off a fumble by the Patriots, not capitalizing off getting a fourth down stop and getting the ball back to your offense and then just giving it back to them in great field position. Like the Chargers offense definitely has some reasons to concern to be concerned about. So, John, when you see that kind of offense performance, when you see them just have such a lull like that, where in eight drives they're getting three points and only get 113 yards as a team, like what is your concern level right now with Joe Lombardi and with Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense? I wouldn't say it's really high. I think the main thing is you just went up against two head coaches that are really, really good at game planning, and they just got the better of you. And this is a first-year head coach, first-year coaching staff. You still got a young QB. You got a young team. It's a lot of adjusting and figuring out who you are, figuring out your identity. And a lot of it is shooting yourself in the foot. Like, Brandon Staley did not do a bad job chess matching against Bill Belichick. He did he did a decent job back and forth. If Anthony Lynn couldn't do anything chess match wise, he he makes his first move and he's like, "Here, I'm moving my king." Okay, I'm dead. I lost. <laughs> like Staley actually played a chess match in this, and yeah. a lot of it was shooting yourself in the foot. Keenan Allen dropping a wide open third down that could have kept a drive alive. Like that shooting yourself in the foot. He game planned it the right way. It was wide open. He he matched it up. That stuff like that, you can't put on a coach. Can't put on Herbert. It's stupid mistakes. You could fix that easily, and I mean like easily. You could just fix that. Keenan Allen is not known for dropping a pass. It, it's it's rare. Like you're more likely to see like a dinosaur walking the earth right now than to see Keenan Allen drop another pass like that. Like it never happens. So it's Except just shooting yourself in the foot. I I don't I think it's just rare little things that you don't see happen a lot that are cost you lose these games. But it's easy fix. My concern is not that high. I think there's legitimate concern over Joe Lombardi mostly because of him already being an offensive coordinator once right and then yes it's a totally different situation a totally different group of weapons but obviously it didn't go well for him in Detroit the first time around and now you're seeing him go up against two pretty good defensive minds one's in Bill Belichick who's one of the best defensive minds ever right and the other one is Wink Martindale from the Baltimore Ravens who is one of the more creative defensive coordinators, right? But then you see like the Bengals go blow them out, right? We've seen the other teams put a massive amount of points on the Patriots and a massive amount of yards on the Patriots so far this season. So like, what are those teams doing that the Chargers 
aren't doing. I mean, the Chargers, for one, aren't executing. I mean, those dropped third downs, all of those things, they're not ex- executing and they're not capitalizing on chances they have to turn the tide of the game and put up points. And you just can't go through the lulls the Chargers did in this game. Special teams hurts a lot, too, because if you look at the total box store, right, box score, you would look at it and say, you know, the Chargers outgained the Patriots in total offensive yards, right? But then it's four returns from the guy who looks like John Kegley. I had to throw it in at least once. For a 20 yards average per return, that's 80 extra yards right there. I mean, you throw that into it, the Patriots are blowing the Chargers away, and it's those hidden yards and stuff that hurt as well. Dustin Hopkins, shout out to him, hits a near 50-yard field goal, goes perfect on a point after touchdowns. That was the only thing from special teams to really you know write home about. But, you know, Brandon Staley said he didn't want to dwell on the game last year. I mean, it didn't look like they watched what Gunnar Olszewski did to them last year because he torched him again this year. I mean, that means... In the last two seasons against Gunnar Olszewski, he has, what, six, seven returns against the Chargers for 100 or 225 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you seven can call returns. that a season. That's a season's worth of production in two I mean, games. You'd be the best punt returner of all time if that was like your whole season, seven returns for 225 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's just brutal, but the Chargers offense, it was bad, and I think that's where my blame, at least for this, goes. Well, can we also talk about how bad the blocking is on our kickoff returns and punt returns? Like, you could talk about how good Andre Roberts is and how much an improvement he is, but whether you have Larry Roundtree or you have Andre Roberts or even Nazir Adderley, he did pretty good when he returned his. If you don't have blocking, they're not going anywhere. I mean, Andre Roberts' first kickoff return, he was already running – towards the sideline to try to get around everybody because they shot through all the blocks. Like If you don't improve the blocking, you're not going to get anything no matter who's back there. You can have Devin Hester. You can have Freddie Mitchell. You can have anybody back there. It's not going to happen if you don't have blocking. Yeah, that's a great point. It's an underlooked at part of the Chargers special teams issues because, yeah, I mean, those guys weren't good at returns, but there was guys meeting those dudes at the 16-yard line, and that just doesn't happen to good teams. I mean, you just don't have a wall of defenders that are already there just waiting for you, you know, to drop you where you wouldn't be if you had just taken a touchback, and they're not giving you that option. So we did see some touchbacks today. I think teams are a little bit more concerned about kicking to Andre Roberts because of his history of returning kickoffs and punts a little bit, but special teams a disaster outside of Dustin Hopkins, and that's pretty much the only way to look at it, but I think Justin Herbert will bounce back. There's just some things that concern me about his game. It just seems like he's getting sped up, not trusting his protection. And the depth of the offensive line obviously showed up today again in a big way where he's not trusting those guys, especially on the right side, to hold up, and he's rushing what he's doing. And he can't do that. He has to sit in there. He has to keep his feet calm, and he has to be able to deliver accurate passes. And there just was times today where he wasn't doing that, and I don't think he was helped out very much by Joe Lombardi. I just don't know if Justin Herbert's the type of quarterback you want just manufacturing 12 to 13 yard or 13 play drives down the field. He's got a golden arm. Like, get some chunk plays. Get 15. Get 20. Use the intermediate part of the field. And it just doesn't seem like the Chargers are doing that well enough for me. But we do have two more segments to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about how the Chargers got off to a great start offensively and then immediately fizzled out. And we'll get into that after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, about how you can get all of your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, 
so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no more buying a device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to stay away from a full-blown you know, recap of this game. I don't want to go drive by drive and put everyone through that again <laughs> after that game. But it started off well for the Chargers offensively. I mean, two out of their first three drives, they end up getting into the end zone. And one of the best parts about that was – the best Chargers run that we saw in years from Justin Jackson. I mean, that was a positive in this game. I mean, you saw that, and then he ends up getting hurt. So, you know, we don't know when we'll be able to see that promise again. But nice cutback, makes a few guys miss. The Chargers go up 14-7 to after his 75-yard run, David, which we just never see from a Chargers running back like ever, a 75-yard run. They go up 14-7. to Keenan Allen catches a really nice ball from Justin Herbert. I mean – it was a great throw because he was actually running straight into Adrian Phillips on that play. Justin Herbert throws it a little bit behind him, helps him stay away from that collision, and Keenan Allen's able to hold on to it for the touchdown. But the other play was on the very first drive. The Chargers end up just carrying Austin Eckler into the end zone and show great physicality, pushing him in from five yards out. Those were two really positive drives early on, set up by the running game looking great. Keenan or Justin Herbert had a nice 41-yard pass to Keenan Allen on the first drive to really get things going. It had a very, very promising start. We saw that the Chargers offense could move the ball against the Patriots defense. Yeah, you knew right away that this was not going to be the same type of game that they had last season against the Patriots. This was not going to be another 45 to nothing drubbing. Uh, This was a different kind of pain, but it didn't start out that way. The, The Chargers did really well. They get in the end zone. They get that big run, like you said, and you, you kind of saw some of that shake, some of that agility that Justin Jackson showed, uh, especially against the Pittsburgh Steelers in that kind of feature game. You saw some of that wiggle, and he used some of that to kind of set up the blocks and then take off. And unfortunately, he couldn't finish the run with a touchdown, but that was still a massive play. And yes, we haven't seen anything like that in a very, very long time. So that was awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, one of the better throws by Justin Herbert to, to kind of throw Keenan Allen open after getting some pressure in, in his face, being able to maneuver around. And, and also the extra points, they went through the uprights. So <laughs> that was fantastic. Got to give some credit to Dustin Hopkins. But, yeah, things at this point in the game, they were looking pretty good. And I know Is John weird? especially loved that uh, offensive lineman pushing Austin Eckler and keeping the legs moving for a touchdown too. I know because he was talking about it in the group chat. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely love that and the LT esque cutback by Justin yeah. Jackson. Is I it? Would agree. How ironic is it that the last two long Charger runs like this were both against the Patriots? Justin Jackson seventy five yards, Melvin Gordon eighty seven yards, and then before that it was a Danian Thompson's eighty five yard run against the Chiefs. Other than that, you don't see much, anything past much forty yards. Yeah, I mean, that's it's tough to get any kind of run like that with that kind of distance, right? But yeah, it was LTS on that specific run. I mean, I think LT probably finishes it with the end, you know, in the end zone. That was definitely. probably more like the like 29 year old, 30 year old yeah. version of LT. He, he def- runs out of he gas. Definitely, he ran out of gas in that one. You could just see it. He's like the separation right here. You can just tell, okay, he's getting tired. He's getting tired. Tackle. Well, and thank God that he 
you know, the Chargers end up scoring a touchdown on that because that would have been a disaster, right? Have they not yeah. come away with points or only come away with three points on that because he was so far away from the defense but gets chased down by J.C. Jackson. Good, you know, effort play by the Patriots, right? They didn't give up on it, saved a touchdown, at least for then. But the Chargers were up 14-7 to at that point. And then things started spiraling, right? And we've seen the Chargers spiral in more games than just the ones that they've lost this season, right? But you've seen them in other games answer the call of adversity. You've seen them punch back, take the other team's best punch, and be able to have something to retaliate with, especially in the third quarter where the Chargers, you know, opening up the third quarter have just been awful. But in the first half in this one, it starts to get away, and the Chargers make some plays defensively. They are getting pushed around a little bit in the running game, but it wasn't crazy. I mean, the Chargers do get a fourth down stop where it was a fourth and one that the Patriots decided to throw the ball, which I don't know. Don't ask me about it. It was a bad throw by Mac Jones. Chargers get the ball back, but immediately go three and out and have to punt. And then the punt return comes back to the Chargers 35 yard line. So huge stop momentum swing. You go three and out and you already set them up for a field goal, right? That's already another three points. It pretty much is going to happen no matter what there. Patriots get the field goal to cut it to 14, 10. And then the Chargers, really make the big play you needed them not to make before the half john i mean we've talked about finishing the half strong so many times before the half i mean whether or not you know it's justin herbert's fault it wasn't but the Chargers needed to get some points they needed to get the offense back on track instead it's a tip ball over the middle to austin eckler that he can't handle a high ball a little bit and then it tips up adrian phillips makes a great play on it so instead of running a four minute offense Ending the you know that drive with some points before halftime and taking some momentum into the halftime, we see them lose it again because they end up having an interception and then give the Patriots a free three more points. It it was kind of like as if we just said in, in the bye week, fix what you are bad at, don't go back to your old habits. You know this is the your time to fix things, and then here comes Bill Belichick, who you know is going to know your weaknesses. You got to fix them, and yet we started doing what we were bad at. We didn't really do much against the run. Like you said, it was better, but it wasn't good. And you also did bad at the end of the half, which reminds me of a lot of other Charger Patriots games that we did horrible at the end of the half. And Belichick always took advantage of that, took that momentum to the second half. And then on top of that, you didn't really use the halftime at all really to game plan better. I felt like you were you had a better game plan in the first half than you did in the second half. You came out second half, and it's like the Patriots did – all these adjustments and you just said like, Hey, we're going to make this one adjustment. Everything else is fine. Like where exactly did you fix yourself during the bye week You had a good opening drive. You had one good run. Other than that, you did not look good in that first half. Really take away the first two touchdown drives. What did you do? You made a couple of decent stops. Cool. What, what else did you do? What else did you, can you, can you tell me Wade? Like, can you tell me anything that looks better from the bye week I mean, I think that, like, obviously, if you're taking two touchdowns away, it's gonna it's a terrible game because at that point you're not scoring any points, really. But, yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that the Chargers didn't make the, you know, the adjustments that they needed to make during the bye week to come out and win a game like this. I mean, they did what well, they had to do to not get embarrassed like they did 45-0, to zero, but you still saw where the gap was and how much room they still have to improve in this one, right? And I think that... Being more aggressive on first and second down, getting those explosive plays. We saw a little bit early on. We still didn't see it continue. And they just have a dry dry spell like that at the end of the half where your last three possessions outside the 10 seconds you had it left after the Patriots put up points on you before halftime to cut it to 14-13. You're going two punts, two three and outs, no less, right? Giving up big punt returns. 
And then you're also throwing an interception to give the other team points right before halftime. So I just think offensively right there, I don't think that you can let that happen because the, the Chargers did force a punt in between those drives, right? They did make some plays there. They did hold them to field goals to keep the Chargers in the game. And time after time, the Chargers offense struck out trying to put up points outside of, you know, the first three drives and they scored twice. And then the very last drive where they scored a garbage time touchdown. But there were some positive plays in the second half, including Josh Palmer making a pretty miraculous catch that didn't really matter very much, but it was still great to see him getting in on it. And, you know, hopefully we'll see more of him, you know, going forward. But the Chargers never found a way to punch back. And we'll talk about how everything kind of fell apart even more in the second half coming up right after this. But first, my favorite protein bar in the world, Built Bar. I keep forgetting to grab them before the show so I can go eat them on YouTube. But Built Bars are great. I mean, we all like Built Bars. All of us have bought Built Bars, right, just out of our own pocket. We just continue to keep buying Built Bars because they're our favorite protein bar. And for me, it always has to do with the flavors. Cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie. They have so many more, too, that you're just going to find something that you like. I mean, if you get a mixed box, you get two of each of the flavors. I promise you, you're going to find a bar that you like, right? And I just like how portable they are too, right? I always take them with me to work. It's such a great snack. It fills me up. Like you just need some sustenance sometimes to keep your day going. A built Bar is going to bring that for you. And it's going to fit on your diet as well, which is awesome because it tastes great. Like you're tasting like you're eating a candy bar while you're having something that's actually good for you, which does not happen very often in nature. That's just something that's pretty rare to find. With Built Bar, you're getting something that's low carb, low sugar, high in protein, and tastes like a candy bar, 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Nothing chalky, nothing waxy. You're getting the best with Built Bar. And right now, we can even save you guys some money. If you go to Built.com, you guys can save 15% on your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, at Built.com. I also need to tell you guys about our official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.ag. My only place that I bet with, for sure. I mean, BetOnline is the only place where I go for all my college and pro football action. It's where you're going to find the best props, odds, and bets on the market, right? And right now, you guys can even save some money with BetOnline because if you guys head to the new updated desktop or the mobile website to sign up today, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, to receive that bonus. That's free money to play with from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing things they have available for the 2021 season because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, we're almost done tearing off the Band-Aid of this game for the Chargers and the second half didn't get much better than the first half. I mean, at least the first half you ended with a lead. If we just ended things there, the Chargers squeak out and get lucky and, and you know edge out a one-point lead. Unfortunately, they had to play a second half, and you kept waiting for that response. Like, there's been so many times this year where it seems like the Chargers are going to turn into the same old Chargers, and then they find a way to not do that. And it just never came in this game, David. Like, as much as the Chargers, you wanted them to kind of fight back, and you'd see some plays where they had chances to change the momentum, like specifically coming out of halftime, Derwin James trying to put the entire defense on his back, trying to put the team on his back, forces a big fumble on Kendrick Bourne, gets the ball back to the Chargers offense, four plays and a punt. They take a Keenan Allen deep shot, Herber under pressure, can't complete to Jared Cook along the sideline. It was just moments like that for the entire game where the Chargers just couldn't find that way to get back on track. 
Yeah, I mean, and that was one of the keys before the game is try, try to knock the ball out because the Patriots had a yeah, propensity was one of your to, keys. to cough up the ball. And Derwin James made that happen. And and to their credit, Nazir Adderley was able to recover that fumble. So, I mean, that was a positive thing. But that was pretty much it <laughs> in that second half. There was just so many things. And the, the Chargers just kept putting themselves in bad situations. I mean, throughout this game, trying to go for it and on and on their third down situations are just really bad. I mean, they had third and long on at least five different occasions, and it felt like a lot more. And they had to overcome several penalties as well. They just couldn't get into any kind of rhythm. Justin Herbert had like a 50% completion day, which was which was really bad. The, the defense couldn't get off the field when they needed to get off the field, which has been a common theme the entire season. And yeah, you you you, ha- you had these you know moments throughout the game where you felt like they were going to be able to come back, where they where they were going to show some type of resiliency, like they had done previously during the season. But that did not happen in this game. Yeah, and the Chargers were a lot better in one score possession games this season. Going into this game, they were three and one in games decided by one score. Obviously, they beat the Raiders by fourteen in that matchup, and they got blown out by the Ravens. They had been good. In those situations, in this one, they were not, obviously. And it really was only a one-score game because of a garbage-time touchdown. But the Chargers were hanging in. The defense was making enough plays to keep the Chargers in it. And the Chargers just could never capitalize. And then they finally made the major lethal mistake. And it's Justin Herbert throwing a pick-six to Adrian Phillips, which turns into an eight-point play after the two-point conversion. And you were up in you know late in the game. And just like that, you have that disastrous play it's a where backbreaker. Jared Cook's not even looking for the football when Justin Herbert throws it. I mean, Justin Herbert threw it before he needed to. He wasn't under immediate pressure. I'm not sure where he was going or what the design of that play was to get a first down anyway and where the miscommunication went so wrong. But it looks ugly. It looks like the AJ Crane plays David brought up. I like get, you know, just it has the feel of that kind of game where it just nothing's going right for you. But John, right there. That was the back-breaking thing. Like, it didn't feel like, they, even as much as you could buy into Brandon Staley and the Chargers being different in years past, you see a play like that happen in Adrian Phillips, a former Charger that should have been brought back, right, in the first place, getting his second interception of the day, bringing it back for a touchdown. And after having a very tentative lead that you didn't feel great about being up by one, that's what felt like the last dagger that really killed the Chargers. It really did. Like right after that happened, you kind of just felt like, okay, we're playing behind by a touchdown now. Before you were just playing behind by like two points. And you're just like, okay, you know, we can maybe get a field goal. And then you get that field goal. And you're like, okay, if we can get a stop, maybe we can get some first downs and force them into something. Worst case scenario, they just drive down and get the game winning field goal. And you're like, okay, you know, played a good game against the Patriots, against Bell Belichick. We can live with this. And then that happens, and you're just like, okay, this is the old Chargers right here. Now we're just looking really bad at what we're doing on offense. We're not even – it's not even playing offense anymore. We're just like hoping. It's like it's like a little kid playing mad, and you're just set hike, and you're like, okay, I'm going to press this button. Let's see if it works. It's, it's what our offense looked like the whole second half. But that yeah. little miscommunication right there, I don't know if it's a missed route by Jared Cook or Justin Herbert. Forgot what route it was, but – two people are not on the same page right there and it cost you the whole entire game really i mean the the whole game didn't you didn't lose the whole game because of that play but it was the deciding factor at the end of the game that's what felt like the final nail in the coffin you know that that felt like it ended things there even though no pun intended yeah even though the chargers 
had a chance immediately after that, right, to go answer. Like Justin Herbert had a chance to go atone for that mistake, right, and go down the field, tie the game up, right, and keep the game going and extending it. And the Chargers, once again, can't get it done because on the next drive, they go three and out. They get a holding call on Donald Parham. The ball goes right through Keenan Allen's hands. On it, I mean, as wide open as he was all day, right? I mean, that play on that third down, Keenan Allen doesn't get more open than he was right there. It was a fastball from Justin Herbert. It doesn't matter. You have to catch it there. I mean, Keenan was asked in the press conference after the game, hey, do you think you should have caught that? He said, absolutely, yes. And he has to say that, right? I mean, I think it would be nice if Justin Herbert could take a little off, right, when guys are five yards up in front of him or 10 yards in front of him. Like, that would be nice. That is a hard – it is harder, especially over the middle with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen making – you know, catching these higher passes that are really, really coming in hot. Either way, it has to be caught there. And the Chargers just fizzle out, right? They don't – like, they don't scratch and claw on that drive to find something. They don't go for it on fourth down. They didn't really – have a chance that would have been really risky at that point there was still a ton of time left and then you give it back to the Patriots offense and they run just about seven minutes off the clock on their next drive they go six minutes and 56 seconds on that next drive and they just did anything they wanted at that point Asante Samuel Jr. had left the game with an injury a concussion is what they were checking him out for Michael Davis is out of the game with a hamstring injury Chris Harris Jr. was getting burnt on that last drive, put into a bigger role because of those injuries. And it just seemed like even though the run defense was okay, it just it wasn't enough from that. And whenever they did throw the ball, it was just wide open receiver after well, wide open receiver. It kind of made receiver. you feel like, like when are they going to do the play action, right? They just, you're, you know, they're going to run it. You know, they're going to run it. You know, they're going to run it. And then when are, when are they going to hit you with the play action pass? Like you That's just what good that teams do feeling. too. Yeah, and I mean, and they could have even been worse for the Chargers. I mean, the Patriots are going down inbounds. They were giving up yards they could have had just to keep the clock running. They played it really, really smart. And you take almost seven minutes off the clock and kick a field goal to go up 10, and you don't leave really a realistic enough time for the Chargers to come back from a two-possession you know, game and come back to win the game. Chargers do get a garbage time touchdown at the end. I really was excited about that Josh Palmer touchdown just because, like, Obviously, it was a good throw. It's a very risky throw in that situation in between two defenders. But, like, I think Josh Palmer did show right there that he deserves to be in the game more, right? I mean, Jalen Guyton did have a nice catch on that drive as well on a third and very, very long for a first down. But you need somebody else to step up in this offense to keep these chains moving, to keep the Chargers as, like, a cohesive unit offensively and just to have another threat besides the guys we know about on the outside with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Josh Palmer made a hell of a catch for his first career touchdown, and he deserves to be shouted out for that, right? Doesn't Didn't no, help no. the Chargers offensively. It made the game seem closer than it was. But still pretty cool to see a young guy like that, a third-round pick, get a touchdown like that. Because even though Josh Palmer isn't the fastest dude, he, like, made a ton of deep catches. Like, when he, you know, had, like, accurate passes, which wasn't very often at Tennessee. Not at all. <laughs> like, he was really, really good tracking the ball down the field and making catches over a bunch of guys that were drafted in this last draft in the first couple of rounds. So like strong hands too, man. And he, he really showed that on this catch too. It's just like, yeah. what well, now you're taking the 20 yard shots. Like now, you yeah. know, I mean, obviously you have to at that point and Justin Herbert still checked down a little bit too much for me on that last drive. Not that they were going to come back anyways, but it wasn't the best game management, just checking it down. A lot of times, I mean, obviously it's Austin Eckler, but you're better off 
having an incomplete pass than to get, you know, five yards and have the guy get tackled in bounds, right? And not get out of bounds. So it's one of those things, but the Chargers just, they have a lot of things that they're going to have to figure out. The offense has to be better. I think the defense showed some signs this week that they can be a little bit better in run defense, and they did well enough in run defense to win this game. Like, they, they did. I well, mean, it was I mean, bad. I think the Eagles game is going to be your real statement game on how well you improve because you're going to go up against Nick Sirianni, who's not known to be a high game planner, guy, chess match type of coach. You know, it's going to be – he's going to – whatever he's going to put out there, he's already put out there basically. So it's going to be how do you adjust to that? Are you going to lose to an Eagles team that doesn't have the greatest running backs in the league, but they do a decent job of running the ball and you have a Look running quarterback? <laughs> and you, wait, it's the Lions. Yeah, big it is whoop. the Lions. But it, with whoop. the Patriots, it was, it was just the Jets until they went and did it against the Chargers. I mean, Keep Daniel Wade, Daniel and, and Wade would look Jets. good against the Lions. And he he barely does anything with his life except for podcasts and bartend. So, I mean, he the Lions are trash. So, it's going to be <laughs> this. They have a running QB, and they have some running backs that can get the job done. They're not great. It's not going to be a Nick Chubb or something like that, but they get the job done. So, it's going to be still be a forest at the running game. This is your chance to prove that you can do better. If you don't do well against this Eagles team, against a coach who's not a big game planner, it might be time to start questioning what's going on right now. Like, has has the Chargers been figured out? I mean, that's going to be the real thing with the Eagles. And the Chargers, you know, and John Kegway is one of the many Chargers fans who loves to overreact about things and is going to question the coaching staff before half the season is over. Oh, or I I'm guess not officially half the, the season is over. I'm not questioning the coaching staff. It's well, more about the questioning players. things. So at that point, you leave it up to interpretation. Like, I don't even know what you're questioning because it, it's just It things. can be anything. It be, it's it's it time to start be. saying, like, hey, are the players That's figured analysis out? right there. I could be yeah. t- challenging everything. So, I mean, anything, I could always be right because later on I'll just be like, that was the thing, guys. Right. Remember when I said <laughs> anything? Let That's me, what let it me, was. Let me pull my Anthony Lynn out here. We're evaluating everything. We're going to evaluate everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's, the football team. it's just it's going to be time to say, like, okay, is is the game plan the, the situation? Is Justin Herbert starting to come back down to earth? Is it the players are not the right fit for the scheme? Like it, You're going to have to start really questioning things on the team. You're going to start really looking around if you don't do well against the Eagles. Yeah, and my problem is, too, is, like, obviously execution has to be better, but, like, we were promised, you know, the Saints offense, right, with a big-armed quarterback to hit all the throws that Drew Brees couldn't hit later on in his career. And at certain points, it seems like they're trying to run the super precise Drew Brees throwing it six yards at a time offense. It's incredibly frustrating to see that. And I do think they have personnel issues. Like, they don't have a super explosive receiver. Right. In that sense of guys that are just going to burn, get big yards after the catch and do those explosive things like a Debo Samuel or someone like that. The Chargers don't have that creative, explosive dude on the roster. Like There's certain things they must get better at. They don't have a true deep threat. And I mean, Jalen Guyton's only a deep threat when he's catching deep balls and he hasn't done it at all this year. We haven't seen a single one of Jalen Guyton beating the defense deep and having the Chargers take advantage of it. It hasn't happened. Not once. Well, he had he had one opportunity it was overthrown ball. it was a, it was a it was not completed he, he beat the ravens for one play and you're right about yeah and i mean <laughs> for sure but until he catches it it's not a threat until it works right Absolutely. so like that, that's the problem and i just think that there are certain things and joe lombardi right i think he deserves criticism from this game does that mean he can't adjust does that mean brandon staley and him can't get in the in the room and figure things out a little bit more and brandon staley starts saying hey 
I let you do it your way. Now we're going to start doing things my way a little bit. Like there's definite ways where things can get better. We have to let it play out a little bit. Is it fair to be concerned about it? Absolutely. Both of those things can be true. The Chargers can be a worse team than they were when they were four and one and a better team than they've been the last two weeks. It's not always black and white like that. So there's still a lot we're going to learn from this team going forward, and they still have a chance to have a really good season in Brandon Staley's first year, in Justin Herbert's second year. Does it suck for the veterans who might not be reaching, you know, the peak of where they thought they could get this season as of this moment? Sure, but a lot of things can change, and the season is long. And guess what? You're Charger fans. If there's any fan base that's equipped to handle the kind of losses that the Chargers just had, it's Chargers fans. You've had it worse, right? Like, you've had terrible seasons. You've had terrible coaching. You've had terrible blown leads. You've had four 16-point leads consecutively blown. This is not that situation. So we have to keep things in perspective a little bit because we are seasoned veterans of this. We know what we're doing. We've seen much worse. And we've also seen the Chargers make a ton of late runs deep in the season to look like a completely different team. All those things are true. The sky is not falling the Chargers can get better, but it is a, a big test next left. week. Yeah, it is. And we'll get so much into this Eagles game coming up. And we have so much more not about this game to get into this week. But if you guys want to get in the voicemail line, we might do some voicemail venting. I think Chargers fans might need it after this one. The number is 323-524-7924. Make sure to call into that. To make sure you never miss our ugly mugs on here arguing with each other and me rolling my eyes at John Kegley, make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube page. <laughs> and also you can find us on the podcast, right, wherever you find your podcast from Apple, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Sorry, John's upset with me and it's throwing me off right now. Apple <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts. You can find us everywhere. Make sure to follow us there. You can find us on social media at Locked On LAC for our Twitter you can find our new Locked On Chargers Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. You can also find all of us, the hosts on Twitter as well. We're all in the bio of our Twitter page. But positive spins on things going forward. Still a lot to be encouraged about with this team. Still a lot to be excited about with this team. Let's see if they can figure it out. And we'll be here all along the way, just like we've been in the bad seasons and in the one good season we've been fully covering the the you know the team in 2018 that's pretty much the only season we've had we know what we're doing in these situations we've been through it a lot worse so we'll have more great content for you guys coming out throughout the week but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts